Hello, and welcome to another episode of In Conversation. My name is Pat King, and I'm a staff writer here at Ears to Feed. Today's guest is Rick McGuire of the long-running post-hardcore band Pile. The band has consistently experimented in ways to expand their sound and hit a career best with the 2019 album Green and Gray. The album was both beautiful and terrifying, and is a perfect culmination of everything the band has been working towards all these years. Earlier this month, Pyle released their first all-instrumental album, In the Corners of a Sphere-Filled Room. Recorded at the same time as Green and Gray, it's a thrilling companion piece to such a creative time. In our chat, we talk about this album, relearning some of the older material, the new Pyle music on the way, and so much more. I hope you enjoy. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for asking me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, I guess I should, uh, you know, do some sort of, I'm so new to all of this. So, uh, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll start by tagging this. So Rick McGuire from pile, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Just, uh, yeah, just hanging out. Just made a, a second cup of coffee. Um, just had finished doing some computer work, kind of. And uh, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Considering, you know, I I feel like I don't know. Like I don't know how it is in Boston right now, but lately in New York, I feel like you know things are kind of reverting back to normal in mm-hmm. in some ways. Like are are things opening back up in well, Boston? Uh, they are a little bit. I'm actually in Nashville right now. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot. You you moved down there like a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still kind of go back and forth. But uh, yeah, it's um, I'm down here just for, for a little bit. But things are there. It's interesting to see the differences between the two places because Boston, I think, yeah, is starting to open up. Nashville has been a little bit more lax about it. And they seem pretty open. Um, but yeah, it's sort of in this in-between phase where it's nobody knows whether or not to wear their mask yeah. anymore. Are, are uh, people doing that, like holding the mask in their hand and then like sneaking it on, like as they go into like a, like a grocery store or something or? Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that. I noticed because around here, there's a couple of places that I go for walks that are just like parks. And very, very, the thing that was kind of the most shocking or it was that there's almost nobody was wearing a mask outside, um, which I guess I, I understand too. It's, it's confusing to figure out where, I mean, I got to the, cause I was wearing it just cause I was like, I'll, I'll do it. And then I got like a couple of dirty looks and I, I have, which I've experienced in the past of just like people, <clears throat> which I've just sort of interpreted as somebody's kind of been confused about how they feel about the mask thing. And then they don't like that confusion. So they've decided to come to a decision on whatever way they feel about it. And then that, that sort of confusion uh, is turns into like, well, I'm going to judge people who don't feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's how their like, confusion comes out is just like, I'm kind of, I have this discomfort within me and I'm just going to just kind of throw that at you because I've, I have some kind of resolve about, I need to have some kind of resolve about it. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's funny how it kind of goes both ways where, where, you know, like people, people who are, are following the rules, like it's like, I, you know, from my perspective and how I feel like it's, it's more than just, it was more than justified to kind of like give someone like a, you know, shoot someone daggers if they weren't wearing a mask. But Hmm. it's, it's funny when you talk to people who are like, you know, uh, like one, one thing that I've been doing a lot during the pandemic is, is just kind of a way to get out of the house is I've been running a lot. Like Hmm. I've, I've been running a lot and talking to people who are like, Oh, like, how do you run wearing a mask? Like that's excessive or, you know, like, and, and just kind of having that feeling about it, like, like, like the kind of sneaking in where it's like, oh, like, 
like kind of almost judging you for being excessive and being safe in some, sure, some yeah. regards. Like, like I, I don't get like that flip side of the coin. Like, do you think that's like what a lot of that is? Like people I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it is just a lot of, a lot of judgment one way or the other. And it's, I think it's based in just kind of insecurity about the decisions that people are making, that, that, that they're making for themselves, which is, I understand because it's just difficult to, navigate it's very confusing to figure out what is the most i don't know i try i'm trying to be understanding of that you know i th- I think yeah the, the more brazen sort of like i'm not gonna wear a mask because like whatever especially you know like this time uh like a year ago or you know even even half a year ago like that's a that is a different story now it's just like i i, I don't know I, I, everything feels a little bit confusing like i mean in you know there being shows announced and things like that and people have mixed feelings about that and yeah um yeah it's it's, it's weird right because like like i'm i'm just starting to buy like tickets to shows or like get like coverage lined up for like assignments and stuff like to cover shows mm-hmm. and like like i could not be more excited you know to have things in my calendar but then like, I don't know if you heard about this, like hardcore show that happened in New York. Um, it was like mad ball and like, like a bunch of NYHC bands playing, yeah. but just turned into this like anti-mask rally. Like it was just yeah. like, oh, okay. That, like, that really, that makes so much sense because I saw like a, uh, picture on Twitter with like, you know, that the X with the nyhc thing yeah it yeah. said it, it said now you have covid yep yep and uh yeah that, that makes sense because so, i was like i don't know i wasn't sure what it was related to i thought it was clever anyways but that's that that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean i, I remember um like it's it's like you want you want shows in the future to be like you know at, at least like in the early when once they come back like you want them to be as regulated as possible but like shows like that where it's just like just mayhem like there's no way to regulate that (laughs) i feel like i'm i'm so worried about being unprepared for like buying tickets to something and then just walking into something i'm totally unprepared for (laughs) like are you are you worried about that too um not yet but that's also i haven't i haven't like committed to going to anything so i don't know what it's gonna look like i mean i'm i'm vaccinated so i feel pretty good about things and you know even as that's coming out of my mouth i feel like it could be ignorant for me to say that because i don't know about the the variants and all that sort of stuff um but i'm like i think i think i'm all right as far as i'm aware uh but i don't yeah i don't have any plans to do any sort of group gathering kinds of thing any shows that, yeah, that I have uh, I'm planning on going to. I would love to go to the movies sometime soon. Yeah, my wife, my wife and I just went to the movies and it was we're both vaccinated and it was like we were both like kind of nervous, like walking to the theater, but then like sitting down, we were just like it was just this like collective sigh. We were just like, oh, this feels way more normal <laughs> than, like, nice. than anything. But that was that was one thing we definitely missed. Yeah, yeah, I've I've really missed that I mean I I wonder well it's probably too late now I always was a big fan of the um the Oscar nominated shorts yeah and yeah. so that was always like a thing I was pretty psyched to do, to do. and I, I think that there's like a streaming thing of it this year but um I don't know maybe they'll still I know it's like a little bit late but maybe they would still put that in theaters but but anyway I yeah, I don't even know what would be what movies are being released now I don't know if there's yeah it's 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 really it's really weird like i i feel like yeah like i i feel like it it doesn't feel like an event anymore now that like everything's you know getting these like advanced releases where you can stream yeah it's it's really strange what's Mm. what's your um what's your move do you go to the movies by yourself or like do you Uh, like going in groups i yeah i usually like going by myself i mean that's sort of whichever way is is fine you know, yeah. I think going, going in groups can be fun. And um, I think oftentimes, or in, in the past anyways, I've gotten to a place where I'll be like working on stuff, like working on music and be like kind of, and if I need to take a break, it's like, I'll go see a movie. This is, I'll go fill my head with somebody else's stuff. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, 
And that's usually like, I like doing that because then it's like sort of a, it's like a very deliberate break from working on something creative. And I can, I'm in a position to sort of just like absorb that. And it really takes me away from whatever it is I'm working on. So that's like, that's, that's like my favorite function of going to the movies, but I do. Yeah. I like going to groups and going and grab dinner and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. So, so you were saying you were doing some computer work. Are you, are you like doing, are you working from home? Like, are you able to work from home? I mean, I just do, it's just like email and social media stuff for the band. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and like some accounting and things like that to try to get that out of the way earlier in the day. So, you know, yeah. you, you probably saw, I, I just before like setting up my mic and stuff, I was listening to magic isn't real and was like, Oh, I forgot. I don't have this on vinyl. So I just like bought a copy. On oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess that's really a good place to start, you know, with, with that record turning 10 this year or was it this year or is that, it was last year, but yeah, last year, right. Dripping, dripping turned 10 this year, right? Uh, next year. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But so, so I guess to celebrate, you know, you did like an anniversary vinyl and, and did, did a stream, like how was it kind of revisiting those songs and kind of playing it, playing the album front to back in that context? Uh, it was, it was interesting. I mean, the vinyl part of it, that was honestly just kind of convenient because we ran out around the time that it was like turning <laughs> 10. So I was like, we'll do like a special edition thing. Um, and, but as far as like playing, that was, it, it was kind of a, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think a lot of that fun was having not played music in such a long time. What felt like such a long time. I, I mean, I talked to Chris about it. Chris plays drums. He, that might've been the longest that we've gone playing music with other people at all in like 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. And so, and also we hadn't played with uh, Matt Becker and Matt Connery cause they left the band around four years ago to just to focus on other things. Um, <clears throat> but they were, you know, it was, yeah, it was just nice to play with them again. It's weird playing those, some of the songs again, because some of them we continue to play, you know, we, we played at our last show two years ago, you know, it was, so those songs, some of those songs feel pretty fresh and it's, or not fresh, but um, because of continuing to play them over the course of 10 years, it's like their meaning it's a different, they have a different meaning than they did 10 years ago. It's like, this is the song that we play, you know, just in our set. So, but there were songs that uh, hadn't been touched in, you know, since 2013, maybe, M maybe it could be 2012. So playing those again, <clears throat> one, some of them, I, I genuinely forgot like how to, how to play them on guitar. And what I had to do was just be like, what would I have done then? Cause I was like trying to actually figure out what it was. And it's like, just think about what, like what, whatever tricks you, you know, and that was like how I figured out some of the songs, which was kind of surreal. It was like, there these things that were very familiar, but foreign. Um, so that, yeah, that was, that was a strange part of thing, but it was, yeah, all in all, it was just really fun to be able to get together and, and play in that kind of way. And it just like all the rehearsals and stuff like that. It was very, very fun. Yeah. How, how did you, um, how did you kind of coordinate rehearsing? Um, well, uh, I'll, I'm going to call them. So the, the, the two mats, there's Connery, Matt Connery, and Matt Becker. I'm just going to call them Connery and Becker just for shorthand. Uh, Becker lives out in, um, Marlboro mass and he's got like his whole basement set up to to practice and stuff like that so we went out there for some of that and then we have a spot in Alston which is closer to the to the city that we would practice to and so we would just kind of go back and forth between those couple of places and yeah just 
I don't know, run through as many songs as we were capable of. <laughs> did, uh, did it feel like, like, did it feel like almost being in like an air locker and like a spaceship or something like, like, like we have to, we have to practice like enough before like the air supply runs out and like, it feels, doesn't feel safe anymore. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> like was, was, was it, I mean, did, I think did it, it feel was, tricky? It, um, it, it didn't really. I mean, I think that it's just, we, you know, we got tested and all that sort of stuff and, you know, tried to be as safe as we could. And there was one scare but um but beyond that it was it was pretty okay it was you know just trying to be responsible but also trying to uh not be too scared you know yeah so it was it, it was okay i think we managed it managed it pretty all right um yeah unfortunately none of us none of us got it throughout the whole the whole pandemic so that's that's pretty that's pretty fortunate yeah definitely and i think that we're uh maybe not all vaccinated now but three out of four so that's that's good yeah um so a while back i i talked to uh, dan golden of exploding in sound uh just about the label's history and he was he was telling me about um you know kind of the formation of the label and and it was really kind of around you know, seeing your band and and some other bands um, playing house shows around Boston, um, I and it was probably you know timeline wise, it probably was around seeing Magic Isn't Real into Dripping, or mm-hmm. when you were doing that kind of stuff. But um, did kind of getting together with these guys and playing this record, uh, did it kind of dredge up any memories of of kind of playing those house shows early on and and what the band was like back then? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, um, it was, I think it was like January of 2010 that we ended up playing our first, uh, maybe it was 2009, uh, yeah, 2009, that we played our first house show. And uh, yeah, it was, that, that really did change a lot of things because I mean, there was, you know, there's clubs in Boston that you could play and it's fine, it's whatever, it was a place that you could play music and then you, and hopefully people would go, but the culture was just very different from playing in somebody's basement where it was, I don't know. It just felt more open and felt more fertile for creativity or more likely to see weirder bands. It was a less judgmental environment um, seemingly. And um, yeah, I, 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 was a like a fun reminder of that sort of stuff because i remember yeah dan worked at a coffee shop did not know him and friend of ours introduced him to our music and then from there he was a a big cheerleader for us and uh yeah it was just cool it was cool to to put something out and have a stranger that was like someone that you met through playing music that was really that that deep he was very deep in our corner, I would say. Yeah. So one, one thing I've, I, I so appreciate about your band and, and what I, what I kind of look for in, I, I feel like when I, I hope that like a perspective favorite band of mine would have is that I, I feel like pile is so kind of agile and able to kind of jump like, like, I, I feel like you would make so much sense in so many different, you know, bills. Like, I, I feel like, like it makes sense that I could, that you would tour with a band like Converge. And it also makes sense that you would play with other indie rock bands on, on a lineup. Hmm. Um, I, I guess early on was that kind of a hard footing to find for the band? Like, was it hard to kind of uh, find like a certain a, a certain scene to kind of align with, or was it uh, was it easier? Not it, well. I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it was. I think honestly, the, because of the the that house show scene at the time, they were very uh, open and and welcoming. And there was you know with those shows there there would very often times be like a hardcore band 
on a bill with uh, an indie rock band on a bill with a noise act, you know, on a bill with an acoustic act or whatever. So there was, uh, because of that, it was, it, I feel like there was uh, we were pretty well em- embraced by, by people once we get, like became, once we were welcomed into that community. Um, so, and I appreciate you saying that as far as the versatility goes. I mean, it's, it's, and that was what, what was kind of fun about it too, is that we could play with other bands and it would feel, feel comfortable. It was like, we, there was no sort of like, well, we each brought different things and it made for an interesting show. And so I, it wasn't too much difficult. I feel like it was encouraged by that scene to just sort of be whatever, you know, be quiet, be loud, be, uh, you know, straight ahead, be strange. So it was, yeah, it was, it was, I think that that sort of uh, attitude of being whatever you felt like being was, was encouraged and, and fostered. Yeah. And, and I guess like, you know, reading up on, you know, I, I guess maybe, maybe it was even written in like your Wikipedia or something, but I was, was the band kind of first started as, as a solo project in the beginning? It was. Yeah. I was, um, I was in a band before that was more like the, that had a lot of the heavier elements of, of pile. And then around near the end of that project, uh, I had started pile and it was much more like, uh, just like acoustic guitar and mellower and a lot of finger picking and stuff like that. So when that, uh, the old band, uh, Hel Toro, when that dissolved, I just, I, it was sort of like, I ended up doing kind of both things, but I mean, the solo project was, I wanted to be able that I, that, that be able to play, uh, a lot of the songs, just, just me in case that's all, <laughs> in case it was just me that ended up being involved. And, you know, fortunately meeting Chris and, and Becker and Connery, um, sort of helped form it into something where it was like, okay, now we can try more dynamic things or uh, more aggressive things or whatever, you know, we ended up doing. Yeah. It's that's, that's really interesting to me because like, I feel, I feel like in a lot of cases when people get together to initially, you know, conjure up the idea of a band, like Mm. they usually start with like, Oh, we're going to start like a, like a post hardcore band or a jazz band or whatever. And like that in that in some ways can be a little limiting. So I, I, or at least, you know, really kind of put the walls up around what a band is going to accomplish or something Mm -hmm. like that. Did did it feel like starting it with the mindset of like, okay, this is my project. This is my solo project. Like, did that kind of free things up for you in your mind? Like to be like, we can try anything because it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I felt very, that was like a, uh, that was a big part of it. And I think cause the, with the old band, you know, for what it was, it was, um, it was very democratic and it was like, this is what we want to do. We all have to agree on everything. And, and I wanted to have something where it was just like free reign for me to do whatever I wanted to do. And, um, so yeah, that was a huge focus is like, I want there to be you know, what heavy, gnarly stuff, but I also want to be able to write songs on piano if I, if I want to. And I also want to do, you know, uh, I want to be able to do anything that I feel excited about. I don't want to feel like, well, that's a bit off, you know? And I have felt that. I think that there is a natural part of it that's like, well, this feels just like way out of left field and I don't feel comfortable doing it. But if there's something that there, if there's like something there I don't want the reason to not do it to be because like well this is just going to be too far out from other stuff that that I'm that I'm doing so um yeah that's really important to me to be able to have that kind of creative freedom to go wherever feels exciting and interesting yeah I mean I think I think the last time like I, I kind of reached out to you was for this ears to feed, uh, how I'm coping piece where you mm-hmm. talked about Fugazi and hits. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's like such a 
prime example of a band like going anywhere they wanted, you know, like really kind of embracing like groove over like the heaviness and, and just like throwing a curveball to their fans. Like, like, I, like, I, I guess Fugazi is, is a good, like you could, you could easily compare pile to Fugazi in a lot of ways. Um, but like, were there kind I, of, I would happily accept that comparison, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I guess like, were there, were there kind of like templates or, or artists that you kind of looked to like in the beginning where you were like, Oh, like I really kind of co- like envy like that kind of career trajectory or, or something like that. Uh, yeah. There've de- and there've been, it's, you know, there are a handful of people along the way. I mean, both uh, uh, musically and, and career wise, I feel like one of the more recent ones is like Nick cave. Yeah. Especially as I, as I continue to age it's just like i see someone like nick cave who's like wow he's he's putting so much into his art still and there is this sort of narrative that exists uh that you know as you age you sort of you can rest on your laurels and he defies that and so that's a really inspiring thing to see um and yeah fugazi is definitely one um yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of other artists that I feel like their trajectory has been like a career. Uh, you know, I think that the, there's a lot in in just those two that I I really admire and sort of kind of model how at least how I try to navigate creative uh, creatively and also within the the industry. Uh, I wish I could say that I you know more along the lines of Fugazi's uh, career trajectory in terms of how they they interacted or uh, were in defiant of the music industry. But, um, but sadly, I've, I've, I feel like I've acquiesced on some things. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Like I, that's, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately with um, the return of shows. Like, uh, because like, I, I feel like, like, I, I hope it's not the case, but I, I feel like a lot of the DIY spots that, you know, we used to go to or used to know and love, um, you know, are either going to be really struggling or, or might not come back and, and kind of the restrictions or the guidelines um, that need to be put in place might be hard for them, you know, to kind of, you know, come back full force. Um, are you kind of worried that like booking tours now, like that you won't want it? like you won't be able to play or at least have the control over what kind of shows you'll play in the future. Um, it's not, it's not really much of a concern. And I, I don't know if I'm just being naive in thinking this, but I, I do feel like uh, that our band is in a pretty good position to either, um, you know, continue playing the places that we have played or to be like, well, let's try to figure out where we can like what spaces are even available, whether that's like, you know, just some, some building or some park or whatever. I think that there's a, there's a, we have a versatility where we could, uh, you know, bring our own sound system and do that, you know, do that sort of thing where it was just like, we'll play wherever because we have all the tools to do it. We just need electricity. Yeah. Yeah. um, Get a pile generator. Just being that on the road. <laughs> it would be, you know, it would be it would be really cool to 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 try to do. And I think it honestly, some of that, like I have thought about that with a generator in regards to doing solo shows, just being like just set up and you know, just <laughs> drop a pin somewhere and be like, here's where the show is. It's just like suggested donation. And you know, because it's not too too much of an imposition volume-wise. It would be and it would just be really cool to play in environments that are not a club, you know, we're just could be outside and, <clears throat> or anywhere really. But, um, but yeah, I think that that would be, that's an idea that I've toyed with. Yeah. I could really, really free things really up too far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah. Like, like I've always thought about like, um, I don't know, someone like Wayne coin or someone like that, like getting commissioned by a city to just like take over 
like an entire street and make that like a venue or something like just like decorate right. yeah. a street. I don't know. It, yeah, it could. It, yeah. could. it could free things up. It, I, I don't know. It could go either way, I guess. It's, sure. it's are, 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 are you lining up dates right now? Yeah. I mean, I've, for um, February and I mean, I guess it's just a ton of, ton of dates, pretty much a lot of 2022 will involve playing shows. I'm doing like a solo tour in was it February, March and April. And then May we're going to go, we're like release another record and then go to Europe. And I'm guessing it'll be May, June, July. And then it will do something in the States in I think September, October, November. So right. yeah, it'll be, it'll be a lot. Nice. So May next year, new, a new record. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So are, are you recording that right now or? Uh, no, no, we're going to, um, in, I think was it October of this year, we'll, we'll be, be tracking it. Oh, nice. Sweet. So, um, have those been all songs you've written during the pandemic or ha- are they kind of like older or like, what's uh, the timeline there? I guess both. I mean, some of it is, um, some of them are, are pretty old and that I've just sort of been working on for a while. And yeah, I think, and some of them are more recent planning on going in with like 20 songs. I mean, hopefully more, and then just whittling it down to whatever will make the best record. So that feels exciting. I'm, I, I, I'm hoping that this record is, is very different from all the previous ones. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I need to take breaks from how much I obsess over it. (laughs) Very locked into just like the logistics, the, the songs themselves, figuring out how, you know, so, um, but yeah, I'm so, yeah, needless to say, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting to hear you say, because I feel like, you know, when I first heard dripping, which was, which was my first introduction to pile. Like I I was just so amazed at how much, like how much you can cram into one song, like, (laughs) and, and just like, like to hear you kind of talk about like obsessing over something like that. Like, I, I guess in the writing process with the band, is it very, um, you know, down, down to like each second of a song? Like, are you very like, um, uh, like, is, is there room for kind of like improvisation or, or is it, um, is it more just written parts that, that you present to the band? It really depends on the song and the section. I think, um, there's not a ton of room for improvisation in those songs. Uh, but, and you know, maybe there's, yeah, there's really not, it's, this record will be will be different from the last one anyways because I feel like when that was written as like here's an idea and then we would kind of work on it and then um, it would get to a certain place I would take what we had worked on and sort of like all right I'm gonna try to refine that and maybe alter it a little bit and then we go back and do that whereas this time it's that's just hasn't been possible so I've just sort of been sitting on these songs and altering them myself so when I go to present them to the band to be like, all right, here, we're going to work on them. They're much more fleshed out than maybe they, they have been in the past. So that part of it is exciting to be able to start with like, okay, this is pretty, I feel pretty good about this. And just to see with working with the band, how far it goes from there. So, um, yeah, I still want to be able to improvise on things. I think that having the the, the songs more full shattering to them, it's like, well, let's work on this section for a little bit and just like see what happens. We also have more of a setup now to record our practices. So that opens things up to be like, okay, now we can listen to everything that we did. There were a couple moments here that are worth saving or, you know, are worth sort of like expanding upon. So, um yeah, I'm curious. I I just I'm really been pushing, uh, talking about just experimenting with different instrumentation, uh, different recording techniques, 
and and things like that. So I'm I don't I don't know uh, fully how the 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 process is is going to go with uh, working on the songs. Because I, I you know as much as I do obsess over the the logistics and the writing of things, I do want to be conscious of also allowing things to breathe a little bit. So to be able to take this thing that I've worked on, just sort of let it loose and be like, not to be too uh, attached to anything with the song. If there's something that is that comes across as better, like don't be too attached to just the idea that I've been hanging on to it. So um, being able to sort of reapproach every part of the music is going to be uh, something that I that I want to practice also going into the process of working on it collectively. So I, I guess like when you, when you say um, expanding arrangements, like what kind of instruments do you want to bring in? Um, there has been a lot of, I mean, I've just been using a synthesizer a lot. Uh, yeah, I, guess- I, I noticed on a green gray, I, I re-listened and um like, like I, I didn't, I never noticed like some patches. I forgot what song, but there's like some really nice, like Mellotron is, mm. is that, did you use that on the record or? Um, I don't think we didn't use a Mellotron. We used like, I'm trying to remember what we did use. Well, okay. There's actually this, this pedal that's pretty wild. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it, it, it's, I, never seen it before, but it's an electro harmonics pedal and it's just, uh, it emulates a Mellotron and the way that it tracks is really strange. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, I'll just play a guitar and it'll just like certain notes that will hang on to, and you know, some others it, it won't, but it'll basically have this sort of like doubling or like, you know, this layered effect. So you'll, you'll hear these sort of things, but like, what is that? But, um, yeah, it's a very interesting pedal. But yeah, I used some other stuff, you know, like uh, Alex played some Rhodes on it. I think he's like a Farfisa uh, on on some stuff. But uh, even that, I feel like with that record, we it was always sort of uh, textural additions. They were like overdubs where it was just like, this will make the, you know, some, but I'm interested in even taking some of the those instruments and like, what if those are the forefront? What if that's like, what if the you know what if there are no guitars on this song? What if there's no real drums on this song? Or um, so yeah, and I, I, I there's I've just had sort of an interest in both like the digital stuff and the very sort of like natural sounding stuff and how that can kind of how those maybe can coexist. So um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping to do just a lot of exploring in regards to that with uh, like, cause I'm just trying to find sounds too for songs and see how much that informs what the songs end up being. Instead of me just sitting there with a guitar being like, okay, this is a guitar. This is how it's going to sound when I, this is how the song is going to sound because it's going to be on the guitar. Whereas being like, well, what if I mess with this? How does that change what like the vibe of this material is? So, um, but yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and that makes a lot of sense, you know, listening to this companion record that's coming out this week, this, uh, um, oh, what, what is it in the corner of a sphere, sphere filled room, mm. which is just kind of like the experimentations from, you know, that recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess like, um, when I was listening, I was, I was trying to, to kind of think about, um, you know, where those songs, like what songs would have been the companion like were, were, were those songs, um, I, I guess sections from songs on green and gray that already, that just didn't fit in with those songs or were, were they kind of just completely separate? Um, they were, they, they were just completely separate. They were like, um, and I mean, I think that there was maybe some idea that we could incorporate some of that into whatever we were doing, but um, I'd say, I guess it's worth saying that like we also were just like we would be in the studio some days and just would like take some psychedelics and and then just be like all right we're gonna everything's rolling and we're just gonna like start messing with stuff (laughs) yeah and it ended up leading to some really 
some cool stuff. So that's, there's a lot of that. That's like a, the bulk of a lot of what's happening. But then we, you know, I actually, I'm going to put out a record in August. That's like a, a solo. It's a solo record. It's all older material that I'm just playing by myself. So went to the same place that recorded green and gray and did like, did it on a, synthesizer guitar and piano and there's like a you know like a video recording of this this live performance and then recorded it and I also spent some time in there just being like you know what I'm just gonna mess with some stuff on my own so it took a lot of that sort of audio data and layered it over and it's just like a lot of that sort of stuff collaged together and then there's some some like uh uh Alex uh plays bass in the band currently he engineered or sort of started putting things together and um him and i talked about just how things should flow and all so it was it was like things from certain sessions mostly from green and gray but it was from other stuff too and just putting that together in some kind of way that seemed to make more sense than just it being like these jams that because you know there's there's also moments where it's just like someone hits a sour note and stuff like that. So like taking that out, you know, that, that sort of stuff. So even though a lot of it is the, the performance of it is improvised on all of it, it's just all just kind of then constructed in a way that's, so yeah, it's, it was never really uh, like for any songs. It was just like, we kind of would just go in there and see what would happen. And uh, it was cool. Cause we never really had done that before. And uh, it's pretty, it, it was pretty, pretty rewarding both at the time. And I feel like now too, it's just, it's, I've never been involved in a release like this. I hope nobody's really expecting it to be like an, like a pile record as they are uh, currently aware of them being, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like with any, at, at least in my taste, I, I feel like with any artist that, you know, has a, has a, a, maybe not overly prolific, but, you know, a steady stream of records or, you know, ex- expansive catalog. Like it's, it's nice to get these like little, like little, um, I guess like hidden secret records. Like I, I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's satisfying too, just as, in terms of it being a departure to be like, okay, I feel comfortable putting this out. And this is also a, this is also a part of who we are. It's not just like we're putting out a record on this label and we're going to do like a press push and we're going to go on tour. It's just like, there's, there's other dimensions of this, this project. And that feels satisfying to, to, to share. So yeah, I'm excited about that. I've been um, my like big, like I've, I've had two actually, but during the pandemic, I was like, okay, I'm going to take this time and I'm really going to dive into sparks like i'm gonna understand the band sparks like just listen to their whole catalog and then i'm also gonna like really dive into neil young Mm. so like i've been like you know kind of like listening to every record from each of those artists but like kind of getting this um advance of the record and kind of reading up on it it made me think of um i don't know if you've heard uh arc and weld like it's like a Neil Young crazy horse thing, but he, he was on tour, Neil Young and crazy horse were on tour with Sonic youth and social distortion, Mm. like in the early nineties. And he did this live album called weld, but there's a companion disc called arc. That's just all feedback jams from that tour. (laughs) And and it made me think of that. Like, I, I wasn't sure if like, like, and kind of thinking about those records and thinking about this, I wasn't sure if like, you know, some of the feedback stuff was supposed to be attached, like an extension of a, of a song or something coming out of it. But I don't know. You, you should check it out. It's, it's good. Oh no. I mean, I, that, that I definitely, yeah, yeah. I would be interested to hear that. I mean, and as far as your question earlier, Neil Young is another one of those where it's just like the, you know, looking at that, that guy's career and just his output and just how he's handled himself throughout his. Yeah his career has, has been pretty uh so it's something to aspire to also 
Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to hear that. And I, I love how he'll just put out. Um, yeah, it seems like everything is very earnest, you know, with his releases. Like when he put out Lenoy's, when it's just like, this is me with like a weird sounding guitar. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would definitely be interested in, in hearing that. It's called Weld. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, the live album where it's like actual songs is called Weld. And then mm. Arc Arc is like oh. a companion. And it's just like, you know, it'll be like a 10 minute just feedback jam off of Cortez the Killer or something like that. Oh. And it's it's only the feedback. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I yeah, I guess that makes sense. You know, like like seeing you play live, you know, um, I think I think Neil, like around Lenoy's was touring solo and he would have a disclaimer at, at his shows and say, you know, this is a solo show. That doesn't mean it's acoustic. Right. <laughs> like it, it kind of reminds me of, you know, I, I think I, I've seen you once where you just played electric mm. and yeah, I, I guess like that approach where it's like, you know, well, this is me. It doesn't mean I'm like, you know, like, this is what I, I don't know. Like it, it I, I can see the, I could see you being a fan of Neil Young. Oh, is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, did you have like a, aside from Fugazi, did you have any other like obsessions that you kind of found yourself like rabbit holes you found yourself chasing during the pandemic? Um, during the pandemic, uh, a Bjork has been one. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I guess in in terms of like a going down like listening to artists diving into their catalog but also like the that new uh fiona or i guess it's not new now depending on how anyone the latest fiona apple record um that one i've just listened to a bunch of times yeah that it's like an all-timer yeah that album is so good it's great um but yeah i don't know i'm beyond that i'm trying to think of what yeah, there's honestly a lot of ambient stuff or electronic stuff that I listen to just to either go on runs or walks or whatever. Um, like William Bazinski. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This uh, Project Oval that I ended up listening to a good amount of. But yeah, as far as songwriting and, and things, I feel like Bjork was, has been a, Bjork and Fiona Apple have been ones that I've just been pretty, pretty psyched on. Yeah. Like I, I forgot, like I I've, I've always been like a huge fan of Bjork, but there were so many records that I missed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I missed so many of those like early two thousands or maybe not early two thousands, but like, I, I never listened to like Medulla until this year. Oh yeah. That one's it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's insane. Did, did you get to um, like, have you ever seen her live? No, no. I mean, that's, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got to see her like right before, or maybe it was a year before everything shut down, wow. but she did, she did this, like, like this crazy, like um, residency at this museum in New York called the shed. And it was, okay. it was just mind blowing. <laughs> it was like, I, I went by myself and like, was like, took like an edible before and was just <laughs> kind of like, you know, glued to my seat, you know, just very felt out of place. And then just my mind was blown, but it was so good. I believe it. Yeah. I feel like seeing, seeing Bjork live sounds, um, has, it feels, it sounds like it would have the power to transport anybody to just a different different plane <laughs> yeah it was it was i won't i won't get into it too much but it was like almost too much at times like, it was, like yeah. I was just like <laughs> sensory overload mm-hmm. um yeah so what, what else do you got going on like what what are you what are you doing for the rest of your day for the rest of the day i am going to um what am i gonna do i think it's raining right now so i won't be able to I have to load some, so I've been, I'm actually at my folks place right now. They live in Nashville also. I was just watching the house and the dog when they were away for a little bit. Um, so I'm gonna go back to my house and maybe unload some of my equipment and work on um, 
So there's like a visual accompaniment to the, I think I sent that to you also the, uh, of the noise stuff. So I have to finish some of that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, you know, probably just more preparation and writing for all the stuff that's happening this year. I guess I have to write a blurb about myself <laughs> for uh, this, that solo release uh, that's happening in, in August. And yeah, just, you know, just general preparation. And do you, do you feel like that, that stuff is harder than, than like getting like all of the, like the visual and, and kind of like art lined up for a record? Do you, do you find like, kind of like the, like the selling yourself, like blurb is, is kind of the hardest part or is, is that, does that come easy? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's pretty draining. Yeah. Um, like the press stuff, I, I, I I, uh, I try to just like temper everything, honestly, just so I don't get to, and it's, it's, it's a challenge and I have to be, I have to keep a, keep a pretty close eye on myself <laughs> with that. Cause it's just like, if I'm working on something, I'll just like kind of get, I can get locked into it sometimes. And if I get too locked in or too sucked into it, it's just, it really, uh, I, I, it's like, I feel like it, I end up leaving, like getting out of it and being like, I have no idea who I am anymore. Um, so I think, yeah, I have to, I have to take, take breaks on that sort of stuff. That is like one of the most, as far as like releasing a record or just working on, you know, pushing stuff out, being like, I got to take a break on this stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's, but it's okay. And it, yeah, again, I think it's just, it's learning what my, my boundaries and my limits are with it. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, like I, it makes you appreciate like bands when they, when they just like say like, like the, the bare minimum of what they can say, like, like this is a record, listen, you know, like <laughs> whenever you see like a band do that for their own press materials, mm. but yeah, because there's only, I, yeah, I guess like there's only so much you can say before being like, I don't know, check this out, like press play and see if you like it. You know? sure. No, it's, and that's, I mean, it, it's not even as much the selling myself part of it. It's it, even just giving context to things. Right. Because I, I sometimes, because of how I, I just forget what, also with, with these releases coming up between it being like an improv slash noise release, this solo record that's, you know, material that's mostly already been released but it's a live performance also and there's a video of it it's just like there needs to be context to these things it's not the same as just being like we have another record coming out which is a lot easier just to be like it is it's this thing um it's still exhausting in its own way because the way that any sort of uh i feel like the like the mechanism of the press thing is like well there needs to be some sort of narrative there needs to be some sort of story behind what this is and you know I, i'll do my best to do that in some sort of just like this is a snapshot of you know what our lives were like and at this time which is what right. it always is um but i think it's, it's it's important for me right now to to do that with these releases because of the pandemic it's not these just aren't the same sort of things that the band has done. So, you know, did like a tape thing back in October of last year. And that was like, I need to give some sort of backstory as to what this thing is. So it's trying to figure out what is necessary information, what is unnecessary information. And um, yeah, so that sort of stuff is, it's not as much selling myself as sort of just like giving an explanation of like what is happening, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like, especially with the, um, with the noise release, I mean, Alex, you know, him, cause he's like, have you ever released something like this before? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, you just need to be very clear with it because if people are psyched on it. Like it's a, just a normal pile record with songs and, you know, and lyrics and things like that, then they're, it's going to be really confusing. So you need to be very deliberate with that. So I'm trying to just in, in general, be deliberate, but I feel like, especially with this, this release and then also the, the solo release coming up. So uh, I guess with like the solo release and 
like this, this noisy, this noise record, like, are, do you think like you'll eventually kind of integrate those songs into pile sets? Definitely. I mean, I think that the noise stuff is maybe more uh, conceptually, those things will be incorporated into pile sets, you know, just having the sort of like spacey things. I think that that would be important to, you know, we're playing longer sets and I feel like um, doing some sort of thing where there's like a pacing. Yeah. And I think also on record too, to have there be things that sort of pace things out because I mean, like you said, there's sometimes a lot of information in just one song and to just jump from song to song where there's like, there's a lot of things happening. It's like, sometimes I feel like it's important for there to be a, a break or just like something that is just like allows the listener to just sort of space out for a second, just to sort of like lose themselves in whatever else is happening instead of being like <laughs> me always being like, I need your attention because I'm doing something else now. Yeah. Um, you can be drained. Yeah. It's just draining. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. For both you and the audience, I'm sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that, uh, and then as far as the solo stuff, yeah, I think that you just dynamically being like, there need to be dips. Uh, cause then the, you know, the peaks aren't as powerful if, you know, there aren't these dips. And so, um, yeah, I think trying to incorporate that. And also, you know, because of, I think the part of the solo record thing was I had done live streams and they just sort of like, they didn't look that great. They sounded okay. And I was like, why don't I just do a thing where I record it and it like looks good and it sounds good and I'll just release it that way. And then um also because i do the solo shows it's like this is an opportunity to have those songs represented on record in a way that i feel comfortable with um for it to not to be like here's how these two entities coexist so uh it was sort of an excuse to do that and uh and yeah sorry i feel like i i feel like a lot of the I, a lot of this interview, I've just been just rambling. A lot. <laughs> no, like, no, I no, it's question and then I'll just go. So no, no, it's it's perfect. I, I feel like it's like perfect coffee conversation. <laughs> I feel like my brain is just working right now too. Right. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. Like, um, yeah, and and I I think that's I think that's what makes pile and and just following your work so exciting is is you know, it, it's, it seems like whatever comes out next is like, I, I think I've read, I, I think I read you say something in an interview where, where you said um, like that every pile release is a reaction to the last one in a mm -hmm. way. And, and that, that makes sense because like, like, I, I feel like, um, oh, I'm going to skewer the name of this record. Is it hair shirt of yeah, hair shirt of like, purpose? Yeah. Hair shirt of purpose. Like, I, I feel like that record was, was, you know, the one before it was, was very aggressive in, in the way it was recorded. Mm -hmm. And that record was, was very, you know, had so much space to it and was, was very, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, like a, like a laid back record, but, but it, it did feel that way in some ways. Sure. In, in, and, and I guess like, you know, with, with, um, with this record being kind of, you know, like the, like the yin to green and gray's yang in a way, you know, <laughs> of just being like the quiet, quieter side, like, like it, it really does kind of, um, it keeps, keeps the listener off, you know, off balance in a way and in, in a, in a great way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel like even the next, the next like full length thing will be even more a response to, or like a reaction to green and gray because with with that record uh it was like two you know half the band was different you know alex yeah. chappy uh alex on bass chappy on guitar joined the band and so there was a part of it that was i was kind of ready to, for the band to go in a different direction to be like all right we i want to do something different but because of them joining the group i and you know this is very like self-conscious but i was like i don't want to put out a record that's too different so that people are like oh well it's just different because there's these two new people in the band so i was like all right i'm gonna do sort of everything that this band has done and just sort of more so uh so there's gonna be like the you know have the quietest moments that any of 
these records have had and also the most aggressive so and it's just going to be like a band doing a band's thing like you know with you know there's going to be strings and you know roads and you know farfis or whatever do that sort of thing it was just an expansion upon that sort of stuff and now that it's been it's like all right now it's really time to do something very different and because it feels like this is a, this next stuff is a response to like the past 10 years of stuff where it's like we've been a rock band for a while and you know for all intents and purposes we still will be just just in a very general way but i just want to try stuff that might feel out of left field uh so this is definitely a response to not just the last record but i'd say like yeah the past four or five records or whatever it's been so um anyway yeah i'm excited i'm excited for it yeah that's so exciting to hear well rick i feel like i've kept you for way too long but thanks thanks so much for chatting oh no thanks for thanks for having me i really (laughs) really appreciate it yeah and the new record's great um and yeah thanks thanks so much thank you all right take care man you too bye bye